Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining today. Uh, let's turn our in our Bibles to the book of Judges. You'll find that in the Old Testament. Um, and we're going to look at a man who, when I say his name, it's going to give you an immediate picture in your mind's eye. That is the uh, man called Samson. It gave you a picture, didn't it? Probably from childhood, uh, Bible stories, uh, church Sunday school stories, where you see depictions of Samson as being a uh, shirtless, muscle-bound, bodybuilder type, uh, rippled muscles affecting because the Bible tells us of so many uh, strength feats uh, that were accomplished by him that he's often depicted this way. Uh, in the book of uh, Judges, starting in chapter 13 uh, through chapter 17, there is uh, only four chapters to his life, a reference to him that we'll touch on in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. But uh, most of the time, as I said, we think of Samson, we think of uh, feats of strength, uh, supernatural acts uh, of power, of physical ability. Those are there for sure. And there's a, a reason why and there's meaning in that that we'll look at. But I also found some things about Samson perhaps that we overlook. And it, it's these that the Lord has uh, brought to my attention. Uh, I've applied these and am applying these to my own life. And I pray that uh, you too would be challenged to uh, listen uh, carefully and that you would take this to uh, prayer and consideration. But uh, in beginning in chapter 13, uh, verse 1 through 5, we see the immediate description of how an angel of the Lord came to Samson's parents, Manoah and his wife, who is unnamed, uh, and, in, and informs them that by the divine will of God, they are going to have a child. Uh, she and Manoah uh, had no children. Uh, Manoah's wife was barren. And uh, this is at a very critical time. The entire book of Judges covers roughly 400 years. Uh, and in that 400 years, we have a 20-year uh, span of time that uh, Samson is born and reigns over uh, Israel. Uh, he lived to be approximately 34, 35 years old, the best that I can tell. Uh, but uh, in, in uh, verses 1 through 5 of chapter 13, uh, this was a time that Israel had been given into the hands of the Philistines, meaning they were under the rule, under the power and authority of the ruling people, the Philistines. Uh, they were uh, abused. They were put into servitude. A number of uh, uh, bad things, uh, along with uh, spiritual ungodliness, uh, surrounded Israel. And in fact, Israel in the book of Judges makes seven distinct cycles of sin to salvation. And God uses a variety of judges uh, throughout these, this book that God raised up, uh, some in varying degrees. They operated in different regions. Uh, never during the book of Judges was all of Israel under the rule of one judge. Uh, and never did Israel as a whole, as a complete nation, ever uh, wholly as one nation walk under uh, yieldedness and submission to God. Uh, these uh, judges were raised up, and in varying degrees, they would bring deliverance over a 
a number of years, uh, some shorter, some longer, and this is uh, this is where Samson was born. And it says that the angel of the Lord in verse 3 appeared to uh, Samson's mother and said to her and to Manoah, you're going to have a son, uh, and uh, uh, he's going to be uh, set aside. If you look at verse Five, it says, For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So here is Manoah and his wife, and they have no children, the angel of the Lord, who was in fact Christ. This is called a Christophany. In the Old Testament, uh, Christ sometimes would come from the uh, his abode in heaven or in the in the atmosphere and come to uh, earth and would take the form of a of a man and he would be viewed as a man many times there would be characteristics they would say in it I saw an angel I heard an angel uh, here he, he's identified as the angel of the Lord versus just uh, uh, an ordinary angel let's say uh, and later in chapter 1 you uh, sorry chapter 13 you would find Manoah and his wife as they talked to one another they would say the man the man so Christ has come down in the form of a man. They detect and discern that he's, the, he's an angel and says, you're going to have a child. He's going to have no uh, cutting of his hair. He's going to take the Nazarite vow. And that was that he was to be set aside unto God. His whole life from tomb, uh, womb to tomb was to be committed to Christ, to God and his service. Uh, he was uh, not to cut his hair. He was uh, not to drink anything alcoholic. He also was not uh, to touch any dead uh, body, a corpse, if you will. And uh, these were signs of a separateness, of a holiness, uh, of really what I'd like to say. He was given a call from God, from birth. And well, I think that's important because so many of us today, we we think of our own lives and we think, I'm just a normal guy, normal woman, um, no special skills or abilities, and I just wonder what my purpose in life is. And many people go through life without realizing and, and, and really knowing from the scriptures that everyone that is born, God knows them before they're born, God calls them by name, and those that he has set apart to himself those that he is destined for salvation, uh, that we, we are unique in ourselves, but we have a call of God. The Bible says that from the foundations of the earth that God has set uh, specific good works for each one of us that we should do them. We should be doing the work of the kingdom. We should be doing the work that God has put us on earth to do. Samson was given this. You're given this. I'm given this. But we have to recognize this call. He shall be a Nazarite from the womb. He's going to be set apart for a, with a holy calling. You too have a holy calling. Do you know what that is? And if you say, I do not, I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to ask the Lord to show it to you. Uh, and so Samson then, he comes and he is born. But not only does verse 5 record his birth and his calling, it also gives us a peek into his commission the purpose of his life, even more specifically, you find it is that he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. He shall begin uh, born, and then as he grows into life, he is to 
do the work of God at this time to begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of their enemy. What a wonderful calling. I'd say you and I, we have the same calling and we have the same commissioning. Our lives are not to be lived for ourselves. It doesn't matter what occupation, age, gender, geography, education, uh, income levels. Every one of us has been commissioned by God to help save lives out of the hands of the enemy. Can you say amen to that? Uh, each one of us that are watching today that have been born again, we have been delivered from darkness and brought into his marvelous light. He has defeated every enemy in our lives and is defeating enemies today. Uh, it's our commission to do this kind of work as it was with Samson. But as you go on down the road and you get over to chapter 14, we notice something here. Chapter 14 and 15, uh, even 16, uh, you need to read those. I don't uh, have time to read all of those right now. I can tell you, though, uh, that as you look at how Samson lived his life, he knew that he was called of God. He knew he had a commission uh, from God through Christ, this angel of the Lord to his parents, that he was set apart by God for specific work to deliver Israel. I, I know that he knew that. And yet, as you find the way that he lived, so I want to say he had a call, he had a commission. But one thing that Samson struggled so much was with character. You find that he, he really seemed to live a, a lot uh, in the flesh. And now what I mean by that is he lived predominantly by his five natural senses. What he could see, what he could hear, what he could smell, what he could feel, what he could taste. He, he was a man that had a call. He had a commission. He had a knowledge of that. He, he knew full well. And in fact, when you go to the New Testament and you look in Hebrews chapter 11, what do we call that? The hall of faith. Number of men and women are listed there great and supernatural things that they did by the power of God for the kingdom of God on earth. Samson is listed in chapter 11, verse 32. The writer says, I don't have time to tell you about everybody like uh, Gideon and Barak, and he mentions Samson and another man, Jephthah. I don't have time to go into all of that. But it said that all of these, uh, through faith, that in their weakness were made strong and made valiant, in battle. That really fits uh, Samson because Samson, uh, he knew he didn't have any strength of his own to accomplish these feats. He knew that as one man living in a time of wickedness when his own people were in idolatry, when they had rejected the priest and the prophets, when they were dull to God in the word of God, he knew what his call was he knew he was commissioned to go and to do something, but he also knew he didn't have his own strength. He knew that the strength of God was upon him, yet he lived a bit loose, a bit impulsively. His character had not, had not developed into agreement with his, with his commission. He, he still lived by natural senses. I don't see any record in, in the four chapters of his life except at the very end where he prayed. I don't see in the book of Judges about Samson where he sat as a judge, literally uh, giving verdicts and judgments between disputes. I don't see him engaging with any uh, kings and rulers uh, in, uh, of other people groups. 
Uh, I don't see him leading Israel into battle. What I do see is that he's chasing women, that he's impulsive. He's really almost childish. Uh, he, he uses a riddle uh, at his wedding. And uh, when, the, uh, when the riddle was, uh, was given, the, 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 the truth of the riddle was found out, he goes and kills 30 men in Ashkelon uh, and uh, brings their clothing. That was the, the bet that was made in there. I see him uh, finding out that his wife, who he married and then left, uh, had been uh, seemingly abandoned, and so her father gave her to another man. Samson comes back for her and realizes this has happened, and in his anger, he uh, defeats the Philistines, uh, and he sets foxes loose in their vines and in their uh, produce and their fields, and he's impulsive. He's, he's reactionary. Uh, he, he's not limited. He's not letting his call and commission of God reign and rule on his life. He's not staying focused. Now, the thing is, Hebrews says that he's listed in the hall of faith. It says that he was made strong uh, in his weakness. And God, in his grace and his mercy for Samson, gave him strength, supernatural strength, because he was to defeat the Philistines who were overseeing and ruling over Israel. And so you see throughout his life, even though he's impulsive, even though he's characteristically immature, even though he's not really functioning at the fullest height of a judge, he is allowing God to fill him at periodically uh, to with supernatural strength. And that's the same with us. Who among us have a clean record? Who of us has perfect hands? Uh, and yet God gives us grace and mercy in our time of need. And we, he, Samson believed that. He knew God was with him, even though he was careless with the things of God, even though he was moved predominantly uh, by the natural. Over and over, it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he did mighty things. His call was there. His commission was there. His character was not quite there. And I don't believe he really m met the standard of what God was wanting to do. I believe there was so much more that Samson could have done if his character had come in alignment with his calling and his commission. And, and you can see that because his character, like us, is seen in his conduct. His conduct, he was impulsive, he chased women, he used his might at times in an ungodly way. And then we find him then being uh, uh, finally with his head in the lap of Delilah. He lays everything bare. They find uh, really what is called the source of his strength, which was his hair. That was really the Nazarite vow. Um, and I would say that uh, that's somewhat symbolic of, of strength for Samson, but really his strength wasn't in his hair. His strength came from God. Why? Because after they had put his eyes out, shaved his head, humiliated him, he's, he's here where he realizes, even if I live, even if I'm in my mid to early 30s, if I even live uh, to be 40, 50, 60, I'm going to be blind. I'm going to live in humiliation. Uh, I'm, I, I, I think he came to terms that I, my character, my conduct, just all these years, 20 years, never met the high calling and the high commission of God. That's an example. That's a, that's a call for us to be very mindful, isn't it? 
of our lives, how we live, our character. Are we living character according to our natural selves, or are we letting the Holy Spirit infill us with the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit? Are we really serving God in this way? Samson comes to realize it. They bring him out as a plaything. They bring him out in the time when thousands had gathered a feast and they're going to have their party. They bring him out to humiliate him. But not only that, Samson was seen by the Philistine as a as an Israelite who God had used to defeat them in many ways. And they wanted to say, not only have we overcome you, we've overcome your God. You see, when we don't live in a way that reflects God and Christ in this life, if we don't live in a way that our character and conduct meets the high level of God's calling and commission for us, people are watching and they're going to say, not only are you less than, but apparently your God is. And the Philistines brought him out and see, only time I see Samson praying. And you'll find that in chapter um, chapter 16, verse 28, that Samson called to the Lord, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. In verse 30, he says, and let me die with the Philistines. This is the only time I see him praying. It's the only time I see him publicly declaring his God. Now, did he at other times? Maybe, maybe not. But the Bible doesn't seem to give us that, uh, that proof of that. So here he is. He's blind. His hair is cut. He's humiliated. And he's looking for the pillars. And he prays to God. And I think that speaks to us that, yes, we should pray. We should pray, pray privately, pray publicly. We should ask God to be with us. He's asking God to strengthen him when for 20 years he knew that God had been strengthening him. But his failures, the failures in his character and his conduct, I believe brought him to even a greater shame as he's standing before those uh, stone pillars and he prays to God, one more time, give me strength. And yet you find again his character because he says that I may take vengeance. He was looking for revenge. These that have taken my eyes, humiliated me, brought me to ruin. Now I'm at my end. I don't want to keep living. Uh, I, I, I let me die with them. But God, give me strength that I can take vengeance because they've taken out my eyes. Oh, friend, I pray that this uh, few thoughts about Samson he would, 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 would come upon us, that our calling and our commission must have a balance in our character and in our conduct. And of course, we know the sad end. Now, it's sad for Samson, but in fact, at his death, the Bible says that he killed more at the, that time than he had had over the last 20 years. Um, and so he did, in that sense, fulfill, at least to some degree, what God had uh, set him aside to do, and that was to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. God, in his mercy, will still bring about uh, good and kingdom results. Uh, even if we struggle with character and conduct, but we'll never meet the high level. We'll never actually max out uh, what God has planned and purpose for our lives until we uh, begin to be men of prayer, uh, men, women of prayer, that we're seeking God, we're looking and focusing our life, no matter our occupation, around what are we going to do for God, and we do it with all of our heart. The way we live privately is the way we minister publicly. 
And uh, my prayer is that this um, will be something that we will put thought in prayer to. So I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Bye for now.